Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I would say it just kind of happened and it wasn't really what I had aimed for. You know, here, like I wanted to be an artist and then I, I end up being this like very successful coach, but it never felt like, um, I just never rejoiced in it the way that, you know, someone might who had really wanted that. For me, I really enjoyed working with people and it was great being able to, I don't know, just encourage them and help them with their skills. But at the same time, part of me was dying because here I am helping people get signed to labels and like go on tour and everything that I wanted wasn't happening. It never did. So it was this kind of double-edged sword where it was very painful. It became so painful for today's guest that she stopped writing and she stopped singing. But at the end of 2017, several members of her immediate family became born-again Christians. And she saw this and saw the beauty behind it. She began looking into it. And wow, her life turned around. We're joined today by Kira Fontana. She is now a singer-songwriter with a beautiful story. And she shares all with us today on Connections. Kira Fontana has a passion for Jesus. She also has a passion for music, something at one point in her life that disappeared completely. But it's thanks to God that she is back on track. She has a beautiful testimony that she shares with us today. We can tell right now from the background, you have an absolute passion for music. For those who don't know where that passion came from, tell us where music started for you and where that passion started. It was there as long as I could remember, honestly. I feel like God kind of hardwires things into us and we discover them. But for me, um, I collected music boxes as a kid. I was obsessed with them and I used to turn them all on every single night and (laughs) listen to them kind of, it was this like beautiful cacophony. And then one by one, they would die out. And I was kind of creating my own musical pieces all the way back then. And then um, my mom got a call from my kindergarten teacher and she just said, all the other kids go out to play for recess and lunch and your daughter stays in and plays the piano. Like maybe you should get her lessons. And so it kind of got uncovered that way. And I just started really young with lessons and writing and just kept going. From what I understand, like it grew into like a huge passion, something that really consumed you and you had big dreams in your heart from a pretty early age, didn't you? I did. I did. Music was kind of everything for me. Um, so it was kind of all encompassing and a huge passion and a huge love. And um, and God had gifted me in that area. So it was kind of like all lining up like, OK, I know I'm going to be a musician. And I think that living in the world we live in with the culture, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pop star. You know, because that was kind of like, oh, you're a singer. That's what you do. And I never really second guessed it. But when I was little, you know, I wanted to be a pop star like Debbie Gibson. That was kind of like what was big when I was little. So that kind of thing. You pursued that. You did pursue that. And what happened? I did. I started writing, you know, but the funny thing was really early on, I want to say like eight or nine years old, I started getting frustrated that I couldn't write things as big as I wanted them to be. So I think early on, I liked writing songs. I really always loved songwriting, but I also felt like I wanted to do bigger things. And I just didn't know how I would get frustrated. And so it makes sense that eventually I kind of realized, oh, I want to be a composer. Like I want to learn how to do these bigger 
things that, you know, take place over, it's like an architecture that won't hold up if you don't know what you're doing. And so I did end up going to school for that later. And um, I got both my bachelor's and master's in orchestral composition, really. So kind of heading a classical direction. And I still love songwriting, but um, it, I really pursued it kind of as big as I could with the training. So you did all this training, you're writing music. Um, yeah. You released an album in the uh, mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Was was Faith playing any role in your music at that point in time well, then or still still wasn't really? It was kind of like, I would say it was spiritual. Uh, I always mm. had this kind of fixation with spiritual things. And I grew up Catholic and then I kind of wandered away later in life. You know, I want to say in college, I kind of wandered away from my faith. And then I just considered myself spiritual, but not religious. And that was a lot of my adulthood. So I think the music was always spiritual, but it was not Christian. And looking back, you know, I'm like, oh, I can see that I was seeking God, but I can also see that there was a lot in it. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not what I would believe, uh, you know, or sing about now. So I think it, it was this weird thing where I wanted to sing about deep things and I wanted it to kind of, I was like reaching out to God, but my, my lens was not what it is now. What was your overall goal for that album? Oh, I mean, you know, back then I was like fresh out of school and I just thought it would sell hundreds of thousands of copies. I was like so naive. I was so naive and uh, I was just so ready to go. So I like I printed all these. This is sad, but true. I printed all these copies of it back in the day. It was like you're literally printing um, physical copies. And I just thought it would do so well. I had no idea of you know the marketing piece or the role labels play and I kind of just did it all on my own and um you know I think it was a pretty huge failure in a lot of ways and but I but I enjoyed making the music you know and I, I loved that I could do it the way I wanted to do it so I think it was like a win and a lose but there was definitely uh, not the reception I'd planned for but no. it was kind of like a waking up and failure, though, can lead to some pretty awesome things, which that ended up happening in your own life. Tell us a little bit more about what happened from there. This this didn't work out. So you pursued things you know, and you went in a different direction. It didn't work out. And <laughs> I feel like what was really interesting is that the whole time, um, you know, when I was little, I would pray by my bedside every night, you know, when I was Catholic. I'm like, God, I just want to go where you want me to go. And I want to live the life you want me to live. And I, I feel like he heard those prayers. And even though I was wandering later and like confused, I feel like he didn't let me succeed at anything that wasn't what he had planned for me. So it was really interesting. You know, it's like I went to school for composition. I pretty much did as well as you could do in that world. And my mentors were some of the top composers in the world. But I felt like... Uh, by the time I got to where I would move to New York and really do it, there was just something in me that was like, this, this doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel like the right fit. So I go, oh, I'll move to LA and I'll be a singer songwriter. So I don't know a soul. And I move there and I mean, I'm pursuing that. And then I realize, oh, they don't want what I have to offer. It's all about like drinking all night at the club. And I just had no awareness of what the pop scene was like in LA. I was coming from New York in the classical world. And so I learned pretty quickly 
that it just wasn't what people were looking for. It wasn't that it wasn't good. It was that it wasn't what labels wanted. And so that was a crushing disappointment because I had kind of felt the classical thing wasn't right for me and then gone into the pop world and then realized this is not right either. And after that, I just went into a really big depression because it was like, wait a minute, all my life I have felt this, like I'm in music, I need to be in music. And then I've pursued it to the best of my ability only to find out that like, it felt like there's no place for the music I make. And so I just stopped writing. I stopped singing and it was a really dark time. And I think about five years went by where I was not making music anymore. And I kind of had no sense of why I was here or purpose Mm. or anything like that. So I would say it was the biggest heartbreak of my life was losing the music when I put everything into it. Yeah. That sounds heartbreaking. Like you're sitting there like feel like I have a gift. Nobody wants the gift Nobody that I have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's gotta be difficult. So what happened then the end of that five years? Like you're back in the music world, you've helped out some uh big names and big shows and stuff. How did that occur? Yeah, so right when I moved to LA, um someone suggested I work with a top vocal coach and I I feel like I fell into, but I mean, I had a lot of musical training, so maybe that was playing into it, but um, I fell into coaching alongside one of the top coaches in the world, um, vocal coaching. And so we were doing like high profile celebrity vocal coaching for major labels and TV shows like The Voice and Glee and stuff like that. And so um, I would say it just kind of happened and it wasn't really what I had aimed for, you know, here, like I wanted to be an artist and then I, I end up being this like very successful coach, but it never felt like um, I just never rejoiced in it the way that, you know, someone might who had really wanted that for me, I really enjoyed working with people and it was great being able to, I don't know, just encourage them and help them with their skills. But at the same time, part of me was dying because here I am helping people get signed to labels and like go on tour and everything that I wanted wasn't happening. It never did. So it was this kind of double edged sword where it was very painful. And I actually still do coach, but it's it's a very kind of side thing where I take on select people. But what ended up happening is I became a Christian. So I had a radical conversion in 2017 and that was still during that period where I wasn't writing or singing at all and then um about I don't know six months into it I just had this moment where I really came in I just came to the end of myself and I I felt it's like God was bringing up the pain I kind of had been like going to this other spiritual center this was in LA it was like um not religious, but, you know, kind of inclusive of all spiritualities. And I went there to try to heal from the musical, you know, heartbreak and disappointment. So I thought I was okay. In these five years, I was like, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Job's good. But then God really revealed like, hey, there's some serious heartbreak and healing that you're not looking at. And so I ended up praying this one night, you know, why did you even make me? Because it just hit me that I had really failed at everything I thought, including relationship. I mean, it was like all the big things in my life. I felt like I had totally failed at. And I was like, you could just take me to heaven now, you know, like now that I know you, like, why am I here? 
And it was, I was just sobbing and it was like the most honest prayer I think I'd ever prayed. And I went to bed that night and woke up at three in the morning hearing the most amazing song. And I hadn't heard songs in a very long time. And uh, it was worship. It was like clearly worship. And I had never thought, why don't I write worship? You know, it just never would have occurred to me. And so I feel like God just started giving me song after song after song in answer to the question, why did you make me? Uh, and I realized, wow, it's like it all made sense. Like my passion for it, why I had pursued it, why I wanted such ex- excellence in it. And that it all made sense in light of if I'm going to worship him, I want it to be as good as it can be. So I feel like he gave me back the music. I would never come up with that on my own. I want to backtrack a little bit because you just, you're like, I found God and then moved yeah. on to this. But yeah. how did you find God? How did that moment happen? Because that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, who would think in Los Angeles, in the music <laughs> industry, and then I'm all involved in like spiritual but not religious stuff, which is honestly very, um, it's very far from, you know, a Christian worldview. And so it was, it was a miracle, I feel like. And um, basically two of my brothers, a few years apart from each other, became born again Christians. And I thought like, good for them. They, they didn't seem really interested in God before. So I thought, oh, that's good for them. And for me, I felt like I had been seeking God for 20 years, being involved in all this like spiritual, but not religious stuff. And I was, but I had never read the Bible. So I had no understanding of the fact that we have an enemy who seeks to deceive us and lead us down the wrong path. So for me, I was like, oh, I've been seeking God all this time. Well, when they became born again Christians, um, one of them confronted me at some point and said, you know, that spiritual center you go to is satanic. And I was like, what? You know, that to me sounded like he was saying that we were drinking baby's blood in the basement or something. It sounded crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 it's all about love and light and community service and generosity. And he's like, yeah, but they don't think that Jesus is the only way to God. And I was like, well, I mean, Jesus is a great teacher, but that's kind of where I was. I just thought Jesus was one of the most enlightened beings who had ever walked the planet and all this stuff. So we came to this real head and didn't speak for a year. And I didn't talk to my other brother who was a born again Christian either. So I really experienced um, in the Bible where Jesus talks about how he creates division and it comes down to truth. And it's like when people find truth, like my brothers had, they wanted to help me come out of the darkness and they wanted to make sure my soul was going to be in the right place, but it ended up being a huge fight because I thought I was right. And, and, and for me, it was like, you find God five minutes ago, and then you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. And I just didn't get it until I started um, reading the Bible. So I would say out of a place of pain with this division in my family, my mom had said something to me. She said, why don't you just pray to see truth? And I'm thinking, Okay, I can do that, but I don't even know who to pray to. Mm. So I started going, well, I don't, I don't believe that, um, you know, I evolved. I don't, I don't believe in evolution. So I'm like, okay, I do believe I have a creator. So at that point, that's as far as I could get. 
And so I prayed to my creator and I asked to see truth. And then God just did a work in my life over the next year where he first started showing me darkness and evil because my worldview, that kind of California spirituality, it's like all love and light. And it sounds so good and so um, friendly and so open and everything's okay and all religions are okay, you know? And so I think God needed to show me that I wasn't seeing. It's like I had blinders on and that worldview works as long as you're not actually seeing any of the evil in the world. But the second you really see it, it's like, oh, my worldview is beautiful and false. Like it doesn't line up with reality. And I started reading the Bible just to see what it said. I was not a Christian. And so through praying to see truth and reading the Bible at the same time for a year, I mean, God just started revealing. He answered my prayer in amazing, amazing ways. And for me, it was really an unraveling of like, I had to keep praying while I'm reading the Bible. Every time I would come up against something that was really difficult for me to grasp, or I didn't want to believe it, or it seemed, you know, wrong to me, I would have to go, um, you know, God, will you destroy any programming if the enemy has gotten into my brain? And literally, it's kind of this new agey mindset. Um, it's, it's the way I thought. It's not just what I believed. It was how I thought. So reading the Bible, like sin makes no sense from a new age perspective. You don't believe you're a sinner unless I was like, I'm not murdering people. And, you know, you think of the big sins, but you don't think of it's like you don't understand that. So someone telling you you have a savior, you know, who saved you from the wrath of God, that you were a sinner and you weren't right with God. It makes no sense. And so I, I was in this continual dialogue with God, like, you know, just show me where I've come to believe things that are lies and not true. And he's faithful. I mean, it was, it was very hard because he showed me how my worldview was totally wrong. And I had been comforted by that for 20 something years as an adult. And so I felt like I was kind of wandering in the wilderness by myself for a while. It was like an existential crisis. Yeah. I was just saying, you pull me out and he did. People listening will be like, oh, that's so cool and so awesome. Like you said, a radical conversion, but that's actually a very difficult, almost crushing thing, isn't it? It's (laughs) everything death. Yeah, everything you knew dies away. Yes. Yes. But then he redeems everything. And it's just crazy. But it's so amazing because then you know beyond a shadow of any doubt that it was him and not you, you know, because I was just kind of falling apart. But then I fast forward a year and it's like he had given me back everything. And now I'm standing on a rock. It's like, that's what I described to my friends who weren't Christians. Because at that point, I mean, I had all friends who weren't Christians. It's like, oh, it's so different because I had a really great worldview, I thought before. But then really hard things would come in life and I'd get crushed. And, and now it feels like I'm standing on a rock. You know, this doesn't move and hard things come but God is with you. It's different. You have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. You know, it's, it's different than just believing some nice things that aren't necessarily true. So, so yeah, it was, it was radical. And it took about a year because I was a hard sell. You know, I was not, 
I was not really open to it. And so I feel like God can work. If he can work in my heart, I was so stubborn. Then he can work in anybody's. (laughs) Tell us what life looks like for you now and where this has taken you with your music. Yeah. So now I actually um, moved out of California. I'm in Austin, Texas. Total miracle for another time, but God brought me the most amazing man ever. So I have been married now for um, just over two years and we're living here and I run um, my own business. I do. I'm focused on more Christian music production now. So I've moved into uh, several years ago. I moved into actually producing other artists and then I do do some coaching with those artists as well. And then, um, my main focus is my worship. So I still, I released my first worship album in 2021 and working on the second one right now. I have a bunch of questions. First, tell us, tell us about (laughs) Refuge first. You describe it. I think I remember reading like as spiritual warfare songs. So touch on that really quick for us. Yeah. I think that my journey uh, with God really revealing not only evil in the world, but, you know, the source of evil and that we really do have to be vigilant. I was deceived for most of my life and just the pain that that caused and just the time away from God because of that deception. I just really know that we do have an enemy. The Bible is not speaking lightly of it. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't like to talk about that part, but it's I felt like it was kind of wired into me when I became a Christian. It was out of darkness, you know, and I love Acts 26, 18. It's like my favorite verse in the Bible, but where Jesus is, you know, commissioning Paul to go out and he tells him he's going to send them to the Gentiles to open their eyes. So, okay, our eyes were closed before to turn them from darkness to light. It's like, well, we were in darkness and from the power of Satan to the power of God. It's like this real understanding that, before we know Christ, we are living in darkness under the power of Satan, you know? So I think that my songs were, I related so much to the Psalms when David is crying out to God. And, um, you know, that back then it's like this real physical warfare, but I feel like a lot of it is just so true still today uh, on a spiritual level. Album's great. You have a song also called Heaven Sent. You mentioned really quickly, oh, I got married. <laughs> As a kind of a weird story about how you got married and weird, not in a bad way. Tell us quickly about how you met your (laughs) husband. I mean, this is literally how it happened. So (laughs) this is too charismatic for some people, but this is what happened. I was praying. uh, I actually listened to this amazing two two hour talk on God is a matchmaker. And I was praying and I said, God, I want you to choose my husband you know, like a good father who knows what's right for me. I surrender it completely. And I want you to choose my husband. And if it means I'm single the rest of my life, if that's your plan, then I'm okay with that too. So I'm just going to wait. And I waited, uh, prayed that prayer from the bottom of my heart, waited literally only a few months. And I was at a conference with some people from my church and one of them who I'd never met before I was talking to her the first night we were there and in the middle of our conversation, she goes, are you single? Someone's popping into my head for you right now, but we had just met. So it was kind of weird that she said that. And then I said, who? And she got this really confused look on her face and changed the subject. And it was so awkward. I was like, okay. And then the next day, another girl from our church flew in 
I met her for the first time. We're having lunch and she, it's just she and I, and she says, are you single? Cause someone keeps popping in my head for you. And at this point, I'm like, is this some weird Christian thing? Cause I, I'm still like a pretty new, you know, believer. And I had never heard anybody say things like that. It's like they were getting a picture of somebody for me. And so this one tells me who it is. And she says, he's amazing. He's on fire. He leads all these men's ministries. He's really good friends with my husband. And I know he's not married. Let me find out if he's single. So she then um, later that night, we all got in the car to go to the conference. And the girl I had lunch with, she says, I was talking to Kira. And, and then she said, Nick's face popped in my mind for her. And then the first girl from the night before literally screamed from the back seat. She goes, I was talking to her last night and his face just kept coming in my mind for her. And she's like, but I thought he was with somebody. So I didn't want to tell her. So it was the same guy and God gave this picture to both of them. And then uh, a few months later, you know, they had con one of them contacted him and they didn't tell him any of that. They just said, Oh, we met this girl. And you know, she really loves Jesus. We think, if nothing else, you guys might like each other as friends, you know, and it took him a few months because my husband prays about everything. He <laughs> prayed, 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 waited, and then finally got like a, okay, call her. So before he even called me, this is just hilarious. He called the couple who, um, the girl had, had the picture and he goes, he's asking them all these questions about my walk with God, how long I've been a Christian, how I am in community, how I serve, how I am with people. And they're like, well, we just met her. Like, we don't really know. And so then he goes, well, who really knows her? And they go, oh, well, Pastor Ryan really knows her. And because I had done a bunch of worship stuff. So, and he goes, okay, I know him. So he called up my pastor because he wasn't <laughs> even attending the same church. He's like getting references. He literally <laughs> interview. He like spent an hour on the phone with my pastor. <laughs> figuring out if I was worth calling to have coffee with because wow. you know he's just like I'm not into casual dating and if it, God's not in it I don't want it and so it was just I didn't learn that until weeks later but I was like you did what <laughs> who does that but we met and uh, we were married 30 days later wow. 30 days later yeah how long you've been married now then when was um, uh, about two and a half years and it wow. was just crystal clear. I mean, I can't say it any different than mm. that. It was like, it was God. And I had dated in my life and had a bunch of failed relationships. And I could see instantly, it was like, all of that was me. This is God. He, he, it's crazy. I prayed that prayer alone in my bedroom and he answered it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's so absolutely amazing what God can do and you can see what he's done in your life. For people who want to hear more about your story, they want to learn more about you, how can they go about doing that? Oh, on my website, there's a lot of info, including some really um, great interviews I got to do, just kind of sharing my testimony. And so it's kirafontana.net. So K-I-R-A-F-O-N-T-A-N-A.net. And you can find links to all the music there too. Fantastic. I, I am definitely checking out Heaven Sent now. So <laughs> yes. I think that's my vows at our wedding celebration. Love it. Amazing. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. If you have a story or a testimony that you'd like to share on Connections, send us a message on either Facebook or Instagram at Connections Podcast with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. We'll talk to you again on Connections.